God is so good, isn't he? Isn't he wonderful? So good that he is our father. We share the same father. And uh, he loves it when his kids love each other. It honors him when we love each other. So why don't you just do a little bit of that and honor him? We've been honoring him by singing to him. Why don't you just turn around and put those hands that have been up, put them right here and love each other. It's one way to worship God is by being nice to each other. Hallelujah. Good to be with you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> well, uh, I, I do believe there, there are prayer assignments. As the pastor said, there's some things that God will pass on to us uh, to pray this evening. Uh, but then I, I really do believe in prayer assignments that take you beyond just an experience in prayer. And uh, it becomes more of a life and something that you continue to pray on for a while. So you, get, you actually get to work together with God. And some of those working together with God uh, are some of the sweetest ways of, of coming to know Him. Because uh, you don't just come to know Him in a, in a casual uh, encounter or even a very impacting encounter, you know, something of, of Him. But when you work together for a while and, and over a period of time and you come to know Him and uh, through day in and day out, it's just beautiful. And that He counts us faithful to call us into the ministry to get to work together with Him on something that will not fail. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're not called into anything to fail. What he calls us to pray about is to, he commands victory in it. And so before we even pray, we're not on a sinking ship. We are absolutely, uh, we are absolutely on the right team. We're on the victory side. Amen. And uh, if there's any sense of being on a sinking ship or, oh, God, that type of a thing, it's too soon to pray. It's too soon to pray at least the kind of prayers that are directed towards mountains or to demons or even petitioning prayers. The kind of prayer that is appropriate when you have that, oh, God, type of a thing is you come into his throne room and, and you consult with him. Because when you ever come into the throne room, he's not, he's not pulling his hair out on the throne. In fact, again, you know, I was talking to a friend who is a prayer. And we were going over, over some verses of Scripture today. And it just reminds you, he that sits in the heavens today laughs. And we just got to talking about if what you're watching on TV pulls you out of a confident standing when you come to the throne, probably ought to change channels. And maybe if there's no channel that you can watch that edifies you, might ought to just turn it off. Is that okay? I'm talking to prayers. And, uh, and if you're going to pray, you, you might as well be on praying ground. And praying ground isn't panic, isn't fear, isn't frustration. Or anger. It, is, it might be what provokes you to pray. Whatever comes, you know, like we mentioned last night, Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. That's what provoked Jehoshaphat to pray is, the, is what the enemy was doing. And he feared. And then he set his face to seek the Lord. But when you get in the throne room of God, and before you make your requests, and before you make any declarations to the enemy, you have to move out of fear and out of frustration and into faith. Because when you pray, you believe. You believe. Well, then there must be something God knows that keeps him cool. When I was a little girl, we had this, this album that said, and you know, it was for little kids. And, uh, uh, and I'm talking about I'm an album, you know. Um, indeed. And, <clears throat> and uh, they had all kind of little songs for little kids. And this one, one song, and it was kind of a jazz swing. It isn't hot. 
in the furnace, man. It isn't hot. Come on, you can do the beat. In the furnace, man. There you go. It isn't hot in the furnace. Man, this furnace is cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. He's <laughs> talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, you know, something's keeping him cool. And the Bible says about Jesus, and I like, or, uh, um, not about Jesus, it's in, in Proverbs, in the Amplified, and I don't know the verse of Scripture, I'm just saying this uh, uh, by memory. I don't remember the verse. You may remember the verse. It says, it says, a man of understanding, and the Amplified says it this way, has a cool spirit. So if you don't have a cool spirit about what you're praying about, then you need some understanding before you, you pray this way. There's also kind of prayer of consulting and waiting on God or seeking God where you get his counsel and you get his understanding. And when you get that, it brings you into a cool spirit uh, where you're, when you speak to the devil, you're not just, you're not just mad. You connect punches. Have you ever, have you ever let him have it? I mean, just let him have it. Just... Ooh, just tell him how stupid he is and how terrible he is and everything. You just, and you even doing this and maybe kicking. And then when you quit, and he was still there. <laughs> the Lord told me one time, he said, when I did that, he said, he's a spirit. And if you're going to talk to him, you've got to get in the spirit. An emotional upheaval, an, an emotional raving he just, he actually, he enjoys it because you're not connecting any punches. Nothing's hitting. It may feel better when you, you know, you unload on him. You just unload on him, but nothing hit him. I want to hit him. And so sometimes you, you have to get in, a, get in a place of understanding and certainly get into the spirit. Brother Hagin said it this way, if you, if you attack the devil or if you encounter the devil in the arena of the mind or in the soul, that's just in your emotions, he'll, he'll, he knows that realm. And he'll get you in that realm. He said, but if you encounter the devil in the arena of the spirit, we can win every time. Guys, let's win every time. Well, we got some interesting things, you know, that can be prayed about. And so we want to have his understanding on it. And to have his understanding in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and understanding. So we go to, we go to uh, the truth, the written truth, and we go to the living truth. We go to him. We go to him. And thank God, thank God he's got truth for our hour. I've thought about this in pleading a case for our time, the time that we're in. Jesus said this about a wise builder. Before they start to build, they count the cost and make sure they have what it takes to actually finish before they start. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and I don't believe he's a foolish builder. That means there's enough to finish this thing. And he knew everything that was going to be happening in the end of time. And I tell you, he's got enough to finish this thing and finish it not just almost by the skin of his teeth. I believe we finish strong and more than a conquer. Amen. So for understanding, you know, and just looking to the Lord for understanding for what we can pray for in these days and in this time, he just has kept bringing me back to Daniel and just soaking in, in Daniel. So we're going to look at a little bit of understanding. And from that, I really believe God does have some prayer assignments for us. Before we get to Daniel, to help us get a bit of, get on God's page. And, and that is the most confident place. That is a platform that won't give, give way under any kind of a circumstance. You get on God's page. You get in his mind. And actually, anything that is not his mind has lost its mind <laughs> or can lose its mind. Do you understand? If all of God's thoughts are right, then any thought that is not his thought is it's wrong. Or at least it's crooked. 
and crooked is one of the meanings of wicked. So righteous people, we're righteous by the blood of Jesus, but some of our thoughts, if they're not God's thoughts, are crooked thoughts. They're crooked, and they kink up the plan of God. They kink up. Uh, actually, we can be praying, but if we engage our head, if it has wrong thoughts or opinions in it, it kinks up the flow. We were singing about the flowing in that river, and all of our fountains are in God. And indeed, all of our fountains are in God. But if they come through your head and your thoughts are wrong, then it kinks up. We don't want to kink up the flow of God. Amen? We want the, the flow of God just to flow, 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 flow. And, um, and so we submit. I've had to submit my thinking and just, you know, it says to present your body. Sometimes the main part of your body, you have to submit your head. You just put it on the altar and say, have at it. And he starts giving us new thoughts. Aren't we glad for new thoughts? Well, anything that can help us to walk, because you cannot walk any higher than your thoughts. You can't walk with God unless you're agreed with him. And he doesn't slump to us. He brings us up to him. So uh, if we can just get some perspective again. Uh, and so sometimes you have to go back to do that. So if we can go to 1 Timothy, the second chapter, we're going to just fly through some, some verses of Scripture here uh, so we can land on some things for us to pray tonight. 1 Timothy, the second chapter, this is a great prayer chapter. Paul was writing to his son Timothy, who, you know, right then, Timothy, Ephesus, but not only Ephesus, but everything was under the Roman Empire at this time. Uh, it was, I've lived in Rome, and it, it was, it's, it's God, more godly now than it was then. Um, back then, it was, the city was built on seven hills dedicated to seven gods. They were very, uh, very blatant about seven gods, you know, and not one of them was ours. So, uh, and the, and so Timothy was in that empire. Paul had his ministry in that empire, under that empire, or during the time of that empire. But also, also Jesus was born in the fullness of time in that empire. It was the perfect time for him to be born was in that empire. It's amazing. Empires don't scare God. Politics don't make him afraid at all. And if we're his children, we need to reflect his attitude. Amen? So here we see in, in 1 Timothy, the second chapter, the first verse, it says, First of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, supplications, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for, what's the first on the list? First thing on the list is all men. Now, this is God's perspective and reason why all men is number one is because that's what's on God's heart, is all men. And we won't go to all the verses of Scripture, but look at just the fourth verse. It, well, you, you can go on down for kings and for all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Look at verse 4. Who would have all men to be saved? So verse 3 it is, uh, it, it's good for uh, uh, godliness and honesty, but that isn't the last target in prayer. If, if our last goal in prayer is only that we're falling short, short of the heart of God, verse 3 leads us up to verse 4. It says, who would have all men, say all men. Say it again. All men. All men. Again. All men. That's the heart of God. Everything that happens is for the point of all men being saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth. That was the first, 
the first thing before there was ever governments, before there were ever nationalities of people, there was a promise in Genesis, the third chapter and the 15th verse, that Jesus would come and he would crush the serpent's head. It was the first promise of a redeemer for mankind. So people are in the heart of God. That is the goal. Amen. And then Peter said this. He said, I, God's not willing that any should perish, but all would come under repentance. And then if we go back to Mark, the, the 16th chapter, this is, this, is what Jesus, this is what Jesus said before he went to the, uh, after he raised from the dead and lifted off of the earth. This is one of the last things that he said in Mark the 16th chapter, we know this. Mark, the 16th chapter, he said, go into all the world, how much of the world? And preach the gospel to how many creatures? He's so broad. He's so big. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then... And then we see here that after that, and he was lifted up from them in Acts, the first chapter. But he told them before he went up, he said, and you'll be witnesses unto me after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then in all the uttermost parts of the earth. And then he went up to heaven. You can see the last and the most important thing on the heart of Jesus is the purpose of the cross. So while uh, quite an appeasable life in all godliness and honesty is important, it does not take the place of our great commission, which is the souls of men. Now let me just go into detail. Somebody can live, uh, live decently, live nicely live in a good economy and at the end of their life go to hell. Jesus said somebody could gain the whole world and do what? Lose their own soul. So the highest priority in the heart of God is souls. It always has been it always will be. There's some things have come and some things have gone. Some of the things that have come and gone are, the, are kings. <laughs> but this has remained, and that is the love of God for people. And not just some people, but for all people. And so I think that's why I like Daniel is because he helps us when we're praying about, about nations. It's really important that we have God's framework uh, on, on it. And yesterday, last night, we were talking about the, uh, the three platforms that God operates on. And he works on three different platforms or three different cinemas or different theaters and, uh, and uniquely and purposefully uh, and by the Holy Ghost, but uniquely. And um, I, I think the one that we're the most aware of is the church, is the church. But he also is working with Israel in the, in the Jews. He's working with them. But at the same time, he's also working in the nations of the world. He is working in the nations of the world. Now, people that aren't yet born again are in the nations of the world. As soon as they get born again, they come into this nation, the church. And in a, in a larger frame, uh, the kingdom of God. But they come into the church. But before they come into the church, they're a part of nations, or they're a part of the kingdom of darkness. And God desires that everyone get out of that kingdom and into the kingdom of God because it's a kingdom of death. Aren't you glad that God cares about and his love is big enough to love us and other people too? Mm. Absolutely. 
So, but he is working, even though uh, this particular dispensation, it's, it's a dispensation of grace, and it's the church age. We're real conscious of what God is doing in the church. It's not that he's not working in nations. He is working in nations, and he utilizes things in nations and different things. Let me give you an example. From the church, I remember years ago, I've just given this as an example, um, it came in, for instance, Brother Hagen's heart, uh, and I'm just only using this as an example. Other, there be other examples, but we were praying for the rain, and it wasn't just the natural rain. We were praying for the rain of the Spirit. Maybe some of you participated in those prayers, but we prayed every Monday night or any time we'd ever get together. And uh, a lot of times, the meeting would be about something completely different. But before we would leave, he'd say, let's pray again for the rain. And we would ask the Lord to send the rain. I still remember. Send, according to James, the fifth chapter in the seventh verse. Jesus is coming again, isn't he? It was because of Jesus' first coming that we do have a church, the church age, and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus is coming again. But he's waiting. James, the, seventh, the fifth chapter in the seventh verse says, until he receives what? He's prayed, waiting for what? Precious fruit of the earth. And the precious fruit of the earth is people. It's people. And he has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So we were praying in those days, you know, uh, Eastern Europe was locked up tight. And if you had to get in there, you had to sneak in there, which I, I, I did, and I loved it. Just loved it. Let me sneak. Ooh. It's really thrilling. But anyway, it was not the best way to get the gospel in, but, uh, you know, the, the fastest way. But we, we prayed for the rain for the rain to come. Now, to accommodate the rain of God to come so that the people that were in the nation over here, so that the people that were in the nations of the East, what we called back then the Eastern Bloc country, that were all under uh, the old USSR. They were all, uh, you know, all Eastern Bloc. Well, we were praying for them when we named the country. Send the rain, O oh Lord. Send the rain on, on the USSR. Send the rain on Yugoslavia and on Czechoslovakia and on Bulgaria and on Albania. And uh, we would pray. We'd call out those names in prayer over and over and over and over. Uh, we would lift that up. Well, uh, to accommodate that prayer, the rain... Uh, it fell, but it didn't just save people in that country. God worked in the nations of that country and bought, brought three world leaders together. And the combination of those three leaders together broke the back of communism. And uh, one of those world leaders, Ronald Reagan, said that famous state statement, um, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. It was amazing. No bloodshed, nothing. It was astonishing to see it. So when God answers prayers from the church, it activates things in the nations. It moves leaders around to accommodate things. Does this make sense to you? So we had Ronald Reagan, we had Gorbachev, who did, who after he he instigated Glasnos, you know, which changed everything for Russia. He went away and was going, "Why did I do that? I tell you why he did it. He got rained on." <laughs> He got rained on. He got brainwashed for a while, and he, and he just started thinking different. He got God's thought, and he started agreeing with Ronald, with Ronald Reagan and with Margaret Thatcher. 
And they all, they started, they came into this three-fold cord, which was not easily broken. And they were able to accomplish something for the kingdom of God purpose. Does this make sense? If anything ever becomes only a national agenda, and you lose heart of the heart of God, or you lose focus on the heart of God, you'll stop short of souls. And I'll give you some history uh, examples on that. You know, I was reading um, a book of uh, E. Stanley Jones. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of E. Stanley Jones. He's a missionary great and uh, a tremendous missionary to India. And he was, he was personal friends of Mahatma Gandhi, he, he was such a statesman for Christianity that even though he was from America, people didn't, from other countries didn't receive him as a statesman from America or a, even a missionary from America. They received him as a man from God. Honestly. He was a statesman for Christianity. And so Roosevelt asked for his help. Uh, he consulted, uh, Roosevelt consulted with him, the leader of Japan. A lot of leaders would consult with him. He's a very amazing man used in wisdom from God. He didn't just work in the church. This man of God also worked in the nations as a man of God to national leaders. It's interesting, isn't it? Because God is working in all three platforms. So he sends people to work in these different areas to accomplish his purposes. So he, he was called upon by Roosevelt, and he wrote a letter. Uh, this was before Pearl Harbor. He, he wrote a letter, uh, and if the emperor or the uh, whatever he was of Japan at that time, what do they call him, president or whatever, of Japan at that time, had a rece he, he received it one day late. He said if he would have received it one day earlier, there would have not been Pearl Harbor. Anyway, I'm just saying that that was, that was the weight that he carried. But who knows of E. Stanley Jones? He's like a Daniel who moved among the nations as a prophet and as a man of God. Very interesting. But anyway, he... Um, he said he went to Japan after we achieved a national victory at the end of World War. When, when, it was, when was it? World War I, two. Thank you. Excuse me. I got my one and my two mixed up. At the end, in the end of World, it's actually what helped bring it to a screeching halt. But America... Uh, is known around the world for, for we are the only ones that have utilized atomic bombs. But we put down two in, in Japan. And General MacArthur, Lester Summerall was telling us this, General MacArthur, because he heard him tell, it, tell this, General MacArthur begged for missionaries. He said, send me 100,000 missionaries. Well, E. Stanley Jones was one of those missionaries that went. He didn't have very far to go because he went from India. But he um, sent me, a, but only about 100 went. So we achieved national victory and a very dramatic and atomic uh, victory, a national muscle that, I mean, everyone is still impressed with our muscle. A national muscle. We've got more muscle than any nation in the world. It was amazing. But of pretty much of all the Asian countries, Japan was one of the most closed nations to the gospel. Because when they were the widest open for the gospel, we settled for a national victory and missed a kingdom victory. Are you guys hearing this? 
and national victory was the winning of the war. But many, many more souls in Japan have gone to hell than what went out with the atomic bombs since that world war. They were wide open. And I read it in that book of E. Stanley Jones. Anyone he could get to got saved. They're, they're very, they, to the core, they were broken. They were broken wide open. I'll do, we'll do anything. They lost faith in their ancestral gods and everything. Everything was shattered. They were open for the, for the gospel. But we settled for a national victory. Guys, let's not settle for a national victory. Let's settle for a kingdom victory only. And that's the souls of men. There are national things that have to change. There are nation things that have to change to accommodate a kingdom cause. Do you understand? You know, there's another example as well. Uh, Europe, we won that war too. We are at the Allied forces. It, we won a, a, a victory there I, in living in, in Europe and, and, and so, so thankful for the Allied forces and, and then what this nation gave uh, in, while living there in Europe. They just could never get it why we send people to war. They hate war. They hate it and they think we love it. And, you know, living there for years, almost a decade, they say, why? Why? What is it about you guys that you love war? And so I tried to explain. Actually, we love freedom. We, we love freedom. And even if you don't love it, we love it. And we're going to make sure you have it. Even if you don't want to, we're going to have, you know. But it's just the deal. There's just, it, it's a part of. Uh, it's, and there's, I think there's some reasons why it's so, Im it's a part of our, our culture, is a love for freedom. And, and we'll actually give our sons to die for somebody else's freedom. That is, they can't even wrap their head around that. Cannot even get that. But anyway, so we won amazing allied war in, in Europe. We won in Germany and in especially against, and, um, but in also Russia. It, we won, but we stopped short of kingdom victory. And Russia, Reinhard Bonnke said, is the dark country or is the dark continent. <laughs> so when people are open because of, of national disaster or national, their hearts have been what laid open, it's a good time for the word to get in. Guys, the reason we're going over this is because we got we to gotta settle really good when anything that's happening nationally, if we'll take the highest platform, we'll have the greatest advantage in whatever we're praying. Hallelujah. And the highest thing on the heart of God is souls. So if we'll stick with that, it's going to have more eternal punch, more eternal impact. Praise the Lord. Let me give you another example. This goes in the other example. Uh, Vietnam, was it a national victory? No, it was an embarrassment, wasn't it? It was a terrible embarrassment. It was a horrible. It was a fiasco. We lived in, in, uh, in Singapore, and we still remember, we still remember when there was um, uh, people that would tell us about Vietnam. Vietnam is, was, you know, that was about communists, northern, North Korea coming down into South Korea. Remember that? Well, um, it was terrible. But, uh, you know, something, something else happened during those war days that we didn't see because it wasn't a national victory. In fact, it was a, even a national shame. But something happened for the kingdom of God 
in that war. I know that people prayed during that war. There was a woman by the name of Jeannie Wilkerson who had a prayer team in Tulsa. They prayed every day for seven years. They never, ever even took a break from Christmas, New Year's, any day. They prayed every single day. Not around the clock, but they prayed every single day. They said, as long as, as our folks are in there, we're going to keep on, we're going to be there in prayer as well. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed for the purposes of God. Do you know something? Do you know something? While we were in, in Vietnam, or when we were in Singapore, they said, had it not been for that war in Vietnam, Singapore would have been become communist. It was that war that stopped communism in its tracks. Singapore is one of the most amazing nations on the planet. It's a tiny little thing with millions and millions and millions of millionaires. <laughs> well, million, there's millionaires there. But not only that, not only do they have money, but they're in Antioch. They send I've never lived in a place that sent more missionaries out of such a tiny place. They, they're like, they're like a, they're just sending missionaries all the time. And they're able to go into China. They're able to go in all those Asian countries. If, if communism would have come down into Singapore, it would have, it would have changed the whole thing for souls. It would have changed things for souls. So even though it didn't look like a national victory, the kingdom of God went ahead. Isn't that amazing? I, I just want us to make sure that we have perspective when we pray, that we're praying from the platform of the church. That's the highest platform that we can pray from. And we pray from that platform, embracing the heart of God. And while we do that, we pray with this also this perspective of God. If you'll just look in your Bible in Daniel, these are going to be such encouraging verses of Scripture, guys. Because this is our God. He's a mighty God. When we pray, I know because I've prayed things in such a way sometimes where I, I feel like I'm trying to help God do something. Did anyone else do that? Give him, a, give him some ideas on what he could do. Now, there's this man, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, very interesting man. He is, uh, he is the king of this empire, uh, the empire of Babylon. And Daniel went there when he was about 15 years old, 15, 16 years old. Daniel, being from Jerusalem, had, had in his very short life had seen three kings in, in Jerusalem. Until uh, about three years old, when he's about three years old, a good king died, Josiah. He was a good king. But then there was an, a bad king that came in. He was only king for three months. I'm talking about this little boy grew up, this teenage guy grew up in national upheaval. Uh, the next king was only king for three, three months, and then the king of Egypt took him off to Egypt in chains. And then this little kid growing up in his country, the next king that he had was absolute crazy and Babylon, the king of Babylon, came and got him and took him off in chains, and that's when Daniel went. There were three loads that went down into Babylon, and Daniel was in the first lot, and he went down with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and some other folk, but he went down with the king. Daniel was about 15, 16 years old when he arrived there. He arrived in this heathen nation, and he lived there the rest of his life till he was past 90 years old. But while he was alive from 15 or 16 until the time he died, past 90, about 75 years-ish that he lived in Babylon, there were eight kings that came and went in, in, that, in that place. 
And he also personally witnessed the, the, the complete stop of a whole empire. The empire stopped and another empire started up. He saw this. What we have in Daniel, in these amazing chapters of Daniel, are these, these visions that either the king had or that he had. And while Daniel, this prophet, was alive in the nation, you know, it was before the church, but he was alive in the nation, God gave him either interpretation of the king's dream or, or, or dreams that he had of, of empires that would come and go. So let's just read these verses of Scripture because they, they help me. Let's look at this. In, uh, he had this dream about this huge being, this man, and he, but he couldn't remember what the dream was. So he got all of his folk together to help him remember what the dream was, and they couldn't, they said, well, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. And then he says here, in verse 10, he said, the Chaldean diviners, in chapter 2, answered before the king and said, there's not a man on earth who could show the king this matter. For no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Kyle in. Verse 11, a rare and weighty thing indeed the king requires. None except the gods can reveal it to the king and their dwelling is not with human flesh. I love that verse of Scripture. Only the gods could reveal what the king needs to know, and the gods don't dwell with human flesh. They just didn't know the plan of God, that the Word was become flesh and dwell among us. And neither did they know the ongoing plan of God that not only would the Word become flesh and dwell among us, but through that plan of redemption, God would not only live in His first Son, but God would live in all of His sons. The God that can reveal lives in man. That's huge. Look at verse you know, then the king was going to kill them all because they couldn't tell him what it was. But uh, then Daniel heard about it, and he went and prayed, and, and he inquired of the Lord. In verse 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision in the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven. I guess so, because all of them were going to be killed the next day otherwise. And then let's look at here. Daniel said, blessed be the name of God forever, for his wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives, I like, it might do us good to just underline or highlight he. He. Not a political party. Not this or that. He. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those that have understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known to me now what we desired of you, for we have made known to us, or you have made known to us the solution to the king's problem. Don't you like that? Guys, I, you know, I, don't, live, I don't live here. Uh, but my heart sure does. I, I love to pray for America. And I, I love to pray for, we end up praying for America all around the world because everybody prays, is praying for America. But I like to be here and pray because you can pray in a little bit different way that you can pray. And, um, but I'm telling you what, from what I've heard on the news from different, you know, um, from different people, uh, we've got a set of situations economically that are like, does anyone have a good idea? <laughs> and it's gotten so, you know, they're talking about it all the world over. 
They're talking about when we're going to go down. Not if. They're talking about when. And, yeah, it's weird. It seems so weird to hear. So there's just some, some, you know, which party has the right answer. There is no human has an answer now. It's gone way past human answers. But there's a God in heaven. He's got answers. He's got answers. So anyway, let's just keep looking. In verse 28, it says, But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Say, there is a God in heaven. Amen. And his sons live on earth. And he lives not just among his sons. He lives in his sons. And he was made known, he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what it shall be in the the later days. But as for me, this in verse 30, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have or anyone else living but in order that the interpretation may be, be, be made known to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your heart and your mind. And then he starts telling the king his dream. The king couldn't even remember his own dream. Daniel starts telling him his dream. In verse 32, he tells him the dream. He tells him about this image, a great brightness that stood before you. The appearance of it was ter- frightening and terrible. Verse 32, As for this image, its head was of fine gold. Its breast and arms were of silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron. Its feet partly of iron and partly clay. And as you looked, and as you looked, a stone was cut out without human hands, which smote the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron... The bronze, the silver, and gold were broken and crushed together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. And the stone smote the image, became a great mountain, or a rock, and filled the whole earth. Does anybody know what that stone is? Yes, a cornerstone. A stone that no man... Now... But anyway, then he tells him what the, the interpretation of it is. And he tells him, he goes over this, not only in this dream, but also in, a, in other revelations that, that Daniel had, that the head, it, putting that together with other ones, the head was Babylon, this was Medo-Persia, this was Greece, and the legs were iron, and the feet were uh, ten nations that were a combination of... Um, a mixture of different things, and also the old Roman Empire. It's just so interesting how that, you know, you just look at the news now, and uh, it, my daughter did an art, art project about old Greece, ancient Greece, in the days of their woo-woo, you know, their big thing. They were an empire. Alexander, you know, the great, he took over whole chunks of world. And Greece is begging to stay in the Union. They're having to bail them out now. Nothing great about it now. Rome. I lived in Italy. There's nothing. It's amazing to see how great it was. But it, too, begging for somebody to bail them out from week to week. It's amazing. They ruled the world. And we don't have time to go into it, but each of these things served great purpose to the great plan of God. And, and a part of that great plan had to do with what he was doing in the church. Even though it didn't happen then. But Greek, Roman, all of these things filled their part in the great plan of God. The great plan of God has to do with what? Souls. Has to do with people. Somehow things get inverted where government gets more important than people. Not in God's God's world. 
in God's world, in God's world, all those, anything can change in the nations to accommodate his plan for people. So when we're praying for a nation, if we pray with the highest, with the highest thought, with the highest heart, it carries the most weight. It bears weight on every other issue. What will accommodate the plans and the purposes of God? We're not going to pray about that tonight. I tell you, the, the thing that I have in my heart that I believe the Lord wants us to pray about, there's some agents like Daniel that are working in the nations. And people in the church don't know who they are. Daniel probably became not even known in Jerusalem. He, he left when he was 15 or 16 years old. He was gone for 75 years. But he was an advisor to kings. He ended up telling, telling the astrologers things that were necessary. Those magi were probably instructed by Daniel that came to, to fund Jesus. Everything fits. God had Daniel in the right place at the right time. Of course, God is in the church, but God is working in the nations. And I believe God has prophets that work in, in government offices, amen, in business offices, there's people that, that, that are men of God that, that, like Daniel, won't compromise. They really won't compromise. There's people in the church that have compromised. Men of God, women of God that have compromised in the church. There's some men and women of God that are working in the nations that are anointed of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. And uh, we don't even know who they are. We wouldn't even think they have a great ministry because we didn't even know who they are. And do you know what? When Daniel got there, they cha the king changed his name to Belshazzar to, to, to honor his God. He named him after his God. So Daniel, this prophet of the Most High God, is named Belshazzar after, don't you think, in, in the world of the church, we would think that he has backslid or something, or something's wrong with him. Daniel could care less about whatever that king named him. All, all he knew is when the king said, you, you can't talk to anybody else, you can't pray to anybody else but me, Daniel went home that day as soon as he heard it, and he prayed. And it cost him the den of lions, but I'm telling you what, after he got out of that den, he was elevated in that, in that kingdom. But not only in that kingdom, then Darius came in after, well, not just after that. There were four other kings that we don't even know who they, you know, they have names, but they're not, they didn't even make it to the Bible. And there's heaps of kings that don't, won't, won't even make it to the annals of, of, the, of the history of God. They just came and went. Oh, guys, there's great things that are happening in people right here. And I've been thinking about these people. We don't know who they are, but they're placed. Hallelujah. Sometimes it isn't who we think will have an audience before people of, a, of authority. Sometimes it's other people. This body's big. Thank you, Jesus. I, won't, I don't have time to go there, but there was another king that had a vision. His name was Belshazzar. He, he, not a vision. It was a guy that had the handwriting on the wall. And when his knees were knocking together and his face went white, the queen mother came in and said, 
I know somebody that can help you. There was somebody who helped your father. Now there's somebody who can help you. And he's Daniel. He's the same guy, same Daniel. Daniel just still there. Kings come and go, empires come and go. Daniel's still there representing God. Is that cool? Representing a kingdom that will never come to an end. <laughs> That's our Daniel. Representing our God. Praise God. And she said this. This was, her, this was the queen mother's testimony about Daniel. He can solve naughty problems. She said, in him dwells the spirit of God. Now, that wasn't Daniel's testimony. He wasn't wearing a fish necklace or earring ne earrings uh, that were crosses. That, that was the queen mother's testimony of watching the spirit of God on this man's life. He could answer naughty problems. I believe our, our country has naughty problems. <laughs> but they're not too tough for God. Praise the name of the Lord. As a prayer assignment. A lot of times we pray for for leaders, leaders that are obvious. Uh, I felt directed in the Holy Ghost to pray for unobvious leaders. Leaders of God that are working in the nations. They're advisors. And kings and leaders will listen to them. So that things can be arranged, things are moving around over in those kingdoms. Kingdoms are doing all kind of different stuff, but it's all for the purpose of souls. Can we pray about that tonight? I'm very curious to see what God's going to do. I'm just, I'm just watching to see what he will do. Let's pick this up. Hallelujah. And then we'll pray, and then we'll pray about something else. But let's, let's start here with praying with men and women of God who have giftings that, that give them prophetic eyes and, and a prophetic voice. Amen. Uh, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before, before we make any request, it, it, it would just not be right at all if we didn't magnify the God that can solve any problem. Amen. Oh, let's magnify him. Oh, there is no greater God. There is no greater Lord. There is no greater mind. Oh, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to have you help me pray. Lord, we magnify you. We lift up your holy name. Oh, you are God. You always have been God. You were, you are, and you are to come. Oh, we magnify your greatness. Nations come and go. Kingdoms have come and gone. Leaders come and go. They seem so big at the moment. They seem so huge at the moment. But oh, there is one kingdom that will never come to an end. There is one Lord who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, and every person on the planet is in your sight and you carry in your heart. We embrace your heart of love for people. We embrace the great commission. We love your heart, O oh God. We love your heart for people. We love your heart for souls. And we lift up our eyes. We lift up our eyes. We lift up our sight to a higher target, to a higher thing, to the highest agenda of all, that we can be on the same page as God. For God so loved the world 
God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have every lasting life. Oh, yeah, you'll see it. Yeah. Our hearts are comforted. Our hearts rejoice in the fact that there is no greater power than our Father. We're called by His name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we magnify you, Lord. We lift up your holy name. We magnify you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we pray for all men. We pray for all men. You said, you said that first of all, prayers, supplications, and intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men. For all men. And on behalf of our country, first we pray for the people. We pray for the people. We lift up the people. We stand for the people of the country. Oh, they're not a Christian just because they're born here or because they move here. They're only born into the kingdom of God or they're only a Christian if they're born again. They must be born again. They must be born again. We pray for the people in America. We pray for the people in America. Oh, we pray for the children in America, the babies, the children in America. The kids, the youth in America. The young adults in America. We pray, we pray for people all the way up to very old. You're not willing that any of Americans should perish. This is our main objective. This is our great commission. Oh, we lift up our voice. We lift up our voice for the people of every state. The people of every state. When you see the people, you're moved with compassion. Lord, open our eyes to see the people. See the people. We look beyond the problems. We look beyond the obstacles. We look beyond all that the devil is doing and we look at the people. And we stand in the gap for the people. We stand in the gap for the people. Oh, we lift up the blood of Jesus that he purchased for the salvation of every person. For you're not willing that any of the people perish. Not one of the people perish. All would come unto repentance. 
Oh, Garabedjidia Rogora, Zelele of Rashton, Nanani and Andolololia Bragadivese. What are you saying about salvation of the people? Ye Tramango Ramon Zelele of Rishtom and Ananda. Oh, la Garebesha, la Lelia, Racarabaso, Bradastole. All men, all men, all men, all men. Yea, Lelia Garabosho, Brede, Gididi of Reshade. Zelelia Garobo, Jelelia of Rasote, Didi of Rata. Ha, Zabesta. Yea, Shimam Brodosh, Didi of Radurudia Reke. Ah, Regeje, eyes to see it, Lord. You give us eyes to see it. You give us eyes to see them. Nene Membandolulayakara and our heart to love them. Your heart. Ah, Reshtolo, Mana Mene 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 Murugoro de Yashede. Yes, Shugoro de Zelda de Yabrastan Nene Yanando. It's our commission. It's our commission. We we embrace that commission. We we embrace that commission to stand in the gap for them. Oh, Zifri jo la gadze fredestoma. Oh, yegiri vigiri agar romande de riarato. Are de riarato corobazzo ranande de riavreshtede. Thank you, Lord. Ha 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 ha. Our heart is a mazor reshtele de riavara for them, O oh God. Oh, ya gazeshi lelelia mano mononda. Ye lelelia garabozo shede. Ze lelelia ragadeveshede. The price has been paid. It's been prayed. Yene mangondoro de areke. It's been paid. We lift up that price, that blood that has been shed. Ye de bagore to purchase an eternal redemption. For every single one, every single one, every single one. Oh, Tegeje, and we ask, oh, that the rain, the rain would fall on this country. On the just and on the unjust. You cause the rain to fall. You cause the rain to fall. We ask you that it fall. That you come as the rain. As the former and as the latter rain. They fall, fall, fall on this country. Father, we call for the rain upon the people of Iran in the name of Jesus. The Lord told me the other day, he said, pray vengeance on the people of Iran. I said, what do you mean? He says that salvation will come to the people of Iran. That is vengeance, the vengeance of our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we pray for the rain to fall on the people of Iran in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We call for the rain to fall on the nations of North Africa in the name of the Lord Jesus. We call for the rain to fall on Washington, D.C. in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that just as you revealed to Peter who Jesus is, you shall reveal to the people who Jesus is today, and they will know that you're the son, that Jesus is the Son of the living.